Welcome to the Community Caregivers Connected Podcast, where we talk about how to raise healthy kids. In this series, we'll tackle every topic from substance use to mental health and relationships. In these episodes, we'll hear from a group of professionals, parents, and youth. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokaneprevention.com. You're listening to the Community Caregivers Connected podcast. We're the Spokane County Prevention Team, sitting down with parents, professionals, youth, and others in Spokane to talk about how we can raise healthy kids and empower our community. This month, we're talking about mental health. We have a dynamic group of individuals who will share their stories and shed some light on the mental health crisis in our country and in Spokane. Some of the content may be triggering or distressing, so please practice self-care. Understanding issues concerning mental health and suicide is an important way for us to take part in prevention and help others who are facing hardships. Help us keep up the conversation. If you are concerned about someone that may be facing a mental health difficulty, reach out to SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-273-8255 or suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You are not alone, and we are here to help. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us at spokaneprevention at gmail.com. This week, Sarah McNew sits down with our friends at NAMI and talks to Amanda about the signs and symptoms of mental illness and resources you can reach out to in our Spokane community. Hello, my name is Sarah McNew. I am the Coalition Coordinator for West Spokane Wellness Partnership, and we are so excited today. We have Amanda Kaplan from um, NAMI Spokane. She is an outreach coordinator and her and I have recently partnered together on some mental health awareness events um, that we held in a virtual capacity in our community um, just to raise awareness around mental health and stigma. And Amanda is an incredible resource and asset to the community and an incredible community partner. We just love her. And so I'm so thrilled that she is here today as we are talking about um, mental health today, specifically mental health awareness, um, recognizing depression, that sort of thing, we do want to make a note that um, some content might be triggering. And so we ask that all individuals that are listening to this, just take care of yourselves and whatever that looks like for you, whether it's taking a short break, a short walk, pausing and returning to it later. But please just um, take note that this content may be triggering and just to take care of yourselves. And, and we're thankful that you're here and listening with us. Amanda, would you like to introduce yourself and, and your role um, within NAMI itself as well? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Um, so like Sarah said, my name is Amanda Kaplan. I am the uh, Programs and Outreach Coordinator for NAMI Spokane. Uh, it's, you can say NAMI or NAMI. Uh, um, it, it is interchangeable and it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, so I work with our volunteers as well as other community organizations and uh, middle, high schools and universities. And really my role is kind of multifaceted. I work with our volunteers to help get them through our application process for our training programs. So um, in order to be a facilitator for one of our programs, uh, for any of our programs, there's a short application process and a state training that we require people to go through so that they are prepared to help other members of the community. Um, and so I help 
guide our, our volunteers through that if they need any assistance there. And then after they've gone through the training process, I work with them to schedule uh, presentations, courses, support groups um, within the community uh, and, and any other events that come up that they may be interested in, we try to uh, take a look at as well. Um, I also work with, as I said, community organizations like West Spokane Wellness Partnership. Um, and I do a lot of outreach to middle and high schools as well as universities in the area to find uh, people who are interested and passionate about mental health and wanna volunteer and, and help us put on more programming for our community. And also to find spaces and learn about areas where we might need to try to get some of our programming there. You know, we might wanna try to set up a support group for a specific area if we can, or um, we might want to have a presentation at a specific high school or for a specific organization uh, to, to spread information about mental health and mental health awareness and, and the effects of stigma and reducing that stigma. Um, so that's kind of a, a long-winded, I guess, explanation of my my role. Um, but that is what I do with NAMI. And um, I I don't know if you asked me, but I'd be happy to give you more uh, information about NAMI as well. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah. Um, so for, for those who don't know, uh, as I mentioned already, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, it's a national organization with um, state and local affiliates. And so we are, um, NAMI Spokane is the local affiliate in our area. Um, we're a grassroots nonprofit organization that's dedicated to improving the lives of individuals and families who are affected by mental health conditions. Um, we strive to end discrimination and to overcome stigma and to achieve services that help to improve the lives of our community members. And to do this, we focus on education, support, and advocacy. We try to help provide a voice for those who are affected by mental health and to help educate and empower them and their loved ones to use their voices to help end that discrimination and overcome the stigma that, that they feel they're facing. Um, we work through these goals, like I said, with education, with our classes and our support groups that we offer to the community free, free of charge. Uh, and we try to give our community members a safe space to share their experiences and to give and receive guidance on how to navigate an seemingly increasingly complex mental health system, especially um, as we're seeing an increase in, in mental health concerns throughout the pandemic. Uh, and an important thing we like to note is just that you know myself and and our volunteers that that are our amazing volunteers who do our, our programming aren't psychiatrists or social workers but they're they're experts in their own experiences with mental health conditions they're experts in their lived experience um, and so we we call them peer facilitators um, and they are they're they're really great and I appreciate that we have them here with us because they really make NAMI what it is. I would agree with that. I just from firsthand experience and working with you and your organization and your volunteers, the personal testimonies from the volunteers, from your peer facilitators have been so incredible, so touching, so vulnerable, and just create so much awareness and education in the community. And I think it allows for people to break down those walls and barriers 
um, whether it's within themselves or the organizations that they work in, um, when it comes to mental health and having those conversations and those very open and vulnerable conversations that need to be had around the topic. So it's volunteers are incredible and I, I sure do appreciate how willing they are to share that testimony with us. And we, we recently partnered Amanda on two different events. Um, can you speak to those about ending the silence and some of those training opportunities that organizations can access from you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the ending the silence program that you mentioned um, is a presentation that we do. Um, it's Um, it, it has three distinct presentations. It can get a little confusing. Um, so we have Ending the Silence for Students, and that's a presentation that's designed for middle and high school students. Um, and that is one of the presentations we, we've had the opportunity to do, I think, two months ago with you guys. And then we also have Ending the Silence for Families, and that one is designed for parents or guardians of middle and high school students. Um, and we were able to do a presentation on that with you guys uh, last month. And then um, the third one is ending the silence for staff, which is designed for school staff. Um, and we will be doing that presentation this month with you guys, which I'm really excited about. It's the first one I will be um, observing since I started in April. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and so the these presentations compose of each of them compose of two parts. So we have a lead presenter and a young adult and our lead presenter takes, uh, takes, our, um, takes our participants through um, a slideshow about what, what mental health is, what warning signs of mental health look like, um, what we can do when we see these warning signs in ourselves and our loved ones. Um, we talk about the difficult subject of suicide and warning signs of suicide um, and what suicide is and isn't and what mental health is and isn't. Um, and then depending on which group we're presenting to, you know, we will uh, talk specifically to students. We'll talk more about, you know, what can they do if they're feeling this way? What can they do if they're seeing this in, in one of their friends or in, in a loved one? Um, and really helping them to gain an awareness of positive coping strategies and that it's okay to ask for help if you need it. Um, and then for our families and our staff, those presentations are more geared towards, now that we have this knowledge, how can, how can you work with the, your child or the student and work with the staff and the family to get the best possible outcome for the student to make sure that the, the student is getting the best care that they need um, and that the parents and the staff are staying in communication as to what they're seeing at home versus what they're seeing at school. Um, and then the second component of every presentation is a, a, a personal uh, personal story from one of our, our young adult volunteers um, on their, their experience, their journey with their own mental health. Um, and they talk about what, what happens, what, what, when did they first start noticing symptoms what did it feel like and then you know what what were any stigmas maybe that they may have faced and uh, how did they they work through those things overcome those things how did they uh, realize or accept that they needed to get some kind of help whatever that is um, you know we we make sure everyone knows that you know there there are so many options that for for help therapy um, and therapy can range from talking to a person or art therapy or um, 
any, any, you know, music therapy, anything that works for someone, um, or in medication works for some people, or just using their positive coping strategies works for other people. Um, and so those are some of the things that we tried to make sure we're really, um, letting people know and, and sharing a bit about ourselves and, and our journeys with mental health and, uh, maybe what some of our positive coping strategies have been and sharing that and then sharing what successes they've had and what their goals are for the future to help to inspire, especially when we're talking with students, to help to inspire them and show that a mental health diagnosis is not the end of your aspirations. It doesn't mean that you can't succeed or do the things that you want to do. Um, and so that is a big part of, of our presentation is making sure to have that personal testimony. And our, our, our lead presenter in the first component does share some of their story as well, which is always really impactful um, to have both of those components and two different people sharing their experiences. That's amazing. We had great feedback from the presentations that you guys have done for our coalition thus far, and we're great. excited to continue to partner on the upcoming one as well. Our community coalition this past year um, has really prioritized mental health um, and our data and evaluation work group looked at data and really wanted us to focus on mental health and prioritize it as, as I'm sure you've seen and as our listeners have seen and heard over the past year, mental health, especially in youth, um, across Spokane County is definitely of concern this past year during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And our healthy youth survey, which can be seen at askhys.net, um, basically told us that most youth in Spokane County have experienced anxiety or depression or um, feelings of, of worry on an ongoing and regular basis including suicide ideology. And so these were areas of concern for us. And this is why we reached out to you guys and you guys have been such an incredible asset to us and the community in helping to, to navigate mental health awareness. Um, for those listening, can you maybe just provide a little bit of insight? What can a parent and caregiver or even a school staff member look for? What are some signs and symptoms of depression or anxiety in a youth? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. Um, I, I wish that there was a, a simple catch-all, this is what you can do, this is what you can look for answer. Um, yeah. But uh, just trying to tell the difference between expected behaviors and what might be a sign of a mental health condition isn't always easy. There's not, there's not an easy test that we can use to necessarily know if someone uh, if, if one in, one symptom is a sign of mental health condition, or if it's the result of typical behaviors or an off day, or even a physical illness sometimes. Uh, but there are some common signs of mental health conditions in adults and adolescents that we can look for. They, they don't necessarily mean that uh, someone who's showing one or two of these is in the midst of a mental health crisis or, or has a mental health condition, but these are some of the things that, that NAMI has, seen as being common um, in, in adults and adolescents. And so uh, this is by no means an exhaustive list as well, uh, but things like excessive worrying or fear, um, feeling excessively sad or low, or on the other, other end, um, uncontrollable highs or feelings of euphoria, um, confused thinking or problems concentrating and learning, prolonged or, or strong feelings of irritability or anger, um, avoiding friends and social activities, pulling away from 
people that normally want to be around, um, changing in sleeping habits, eating habits, uh, difficulty perceiving a re reality, uh, delusions, this means delusions or hallucinations in which a person experiences and senses things that don't exist in objective reality. Um, overuse of substances like alcohol and drugs can be a, a sign of, of a mental health condition. Um, really, for me, um, I, I knew that I was struggling and I try to use the same thing as a gauge to know when I'm I'm having a, a low point is I try to think about whether my mental health and the things that may be resulting from my mental health are getting in the way of me completing my daily activities. And if it is, then then for me, at least I know that I need to do something about it, whether that's cope my coping strategies or reach out to somebody for therapy. Um, so those are such some of the, co the common signs that we see. Um, but like I said, they're by no means exhaustive. There are some some different signs that you would see in um, in young children because they're still learning how to identify and talk about thoughts and emotions. Mm -hmm. So their most obvious symptoms are often behavioral. So, so some of those symptoms can include changes in school performance, excessive worry or anxiety, um, like fighting to avoid bed or school, uh, hyperactive behavior, frequent nightmares, frequent disobedience or aggression, or frequent temper tantrums. And again, these are just some of the things that, that NAMI has noted as, as symptoms that we sometimes see, but again, not exhaustive and they're not things we see in everyone and not everyone we see those things in is gonna be diagnosed with a mental health condition. Thank you so much for sharing that, Amanda. I think it's important that you mentioned that it wasn't an exhaustive list and that it also doesn't look the same for any one individual. And so for parents and caregivers and school staff to maybe establish a baseline, what is this student or youth typically like and what's outside of the norm for them? And when they start recognizing that something is off or outside of the norm, maybe they can start you know, just recognizing that potentially they may need, might need help and might need a helping hand. Um, in cases yeah. like that, do you know of any resources within Spokane County that parents and caregivers can access to help a youth or a student that they work, live, and serve? Yeah. Um, well, I think a good first point of contact, if, if, if you're a parent or vice versa, if, if your staff is um, talking with the, the other person talking with the parent, if you're a school staff, talking with the school staff, um, if you're a parent to try to find out, often our, our schools have resources that are available. And we do have some schools in the area that I've heard, you know, they don't have any counselors currently. There is definitely a shortage in people who have mental health training. Um, it, because we're seeing such a rise in mental health with the pandemic um, and because we're talking about it more and we're being a little more open about it. Um, so um, I, I, I think that's one of the first places that, that a parent or a staff can go is, you know, school counselors. Um, some schools have psychiatrists um, or other resources that they tend to use. Um, sorry, my cat is attacking me. <laughs> Relocate him. There we go. Um, sorry about that. Uh, and then the, you know, um, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought. Um, 
you can also always reach out to your health insurance, primary care doctor, um, if there, you know, any, any uh, mental health authorities in the area, um, there is a, uh, a helpline. Uh, the National Organization has a, a NAMI helpline where you can call and, and get services and supports in the community, but you can always reach out to, to NAMI Spokane as well. And we can uh, try to pinpoint some services that might be helpful for you. Um, we have people who call in or email us and let us know what's going on and, and we can let them know, hey, you know, this this is somewhere maybe you wanna look into, into this. Um, so we are definitely a resource as well. And you can find our, our website is, um, namispokane.org and you can email you'll find email information on our website um, but you can also email us at office at namispokane.org or call us at 509-838-5515 uh, and that's um, a, another resource to get some information um, I think those are three of the the main places I would say to 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 go to see if you can get some resources is um, local organizations like, like NAMI, um, a primary care doctor or health insurance to see uh, if there's a, a mental health professional you can speak with and uh, the school. Thank you, Amanda. Those are all incredible suggestions. I um, often on our social media pages at West Spokane Wellness Partnership, we tend to um, promote the Washington State or National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And mm -hmm. that, um, that number is also 1-800-273-8255. And then um, Team Link of Washington State also, I'll share that too, um, 1-866-TEEN-LINK. Um, and the actual phone number for that is one 866 8336546 so for those of you that are listening um not only are those incredible resources that Amanda listed but there's also available resources that you can call and access as well do mm -hmm. you have any last words for the listeners Amanda if they or someone they know are experiencing mental health disparities um yeah um i think if if you're if you're experiencing a mental health concern or your loved one is I think it's just really important to ask that question of you know are you doing okay can I help you uh, with anything really talking to somebody and showing them that you care about them and how how they're doing um, especially while we're uh, still dealing with the effects of the pandemic um, and then I'll say also um, that seeking help is um, a, a really big part within your, your, your community that you've built, but also reaching out to somebody like um, a mental health uh, professional or reaching out to an organization like NAMI. We, we have support groups that we run um, monthly for peers so that they can be in a safe space with um, facilitators who have been in a similar situation, who have their own mental health experience. And we have a similar program for people who have a loved one with a, with a mental health condition where they can get some help and support. Um, and, and we also offer courses where people with either uh, a mental health condition themselves or um, a loved one with a mental health condition um, can, can learn more about what they're going through and how to create a plan for recovery and things like that again with um, our trained peer facilitators who have that that 
life experience that they can share. Um, and those are our, our peer-to-peer course and our family-to-family course that we will be actually scheduling soon that I'm really excited for um, to, to start those this October. And so those are all really great programs that are free and open to the public. So if you're finding that you need some extra support, please don't hesitate to look up our website, um, send us an email, give us a call. We are here as a community resource um, for, for everyone in our area. Thank you so much, Amanda. I was going to ask about that. Will those be the support groups? Will those be offered virtually or in person? Do you know at this point in time? Yeah. So right now, um, our support groups are virtual. We're going to keep them virtual for the time being um, until we can get a, a good gauge on how our volunteers are feeling about moving towards a hybrid or, or an in-person version. So um, right now we're gonna stay virtual with, with our support groups and with our courses that we're scheduling. Um, that may change uh, uh, the, with the next round of programming that we do. Uh, but right now it's kind of, I think like with most people, it's kind of uh, up in the air as to what's gonna happen with that right now. Perfect, thank you, Amanda. And if someone wanted to look up those support group dates and times, would they just locate that on your website? Yes. So if you go to our website, um, the, under the calendar is the easiest place to see our support groups. Um, so yeah, if you go to our website and our calendar, then you will see um, the information about each of the support groups, as well as the links to register for those support groups. And again, the, they're virtually through Zoom. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. As always, it is such a pleasure just meet, meeting you, working with you, and partnering with NAMI of Spokane. And we sure do appreciate your time that you took in meeting with us today and, and in sharing all that NAMI is and has to offer. And we are just so grateful for you and your team. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate. I've really enjoyed working with you and, and the opportunity to gain all these new experiences and, and get the, the word about NAMI out there. So I've really, really appreciated working with you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Next week, I have the pleasure of sitting down with our very own Grace Wilkowski as we talk about her experience with depression. Thanks for joining us. The Community Caregivers Connected podcast is made possible with funding through the Washington State Healthcare Authority, drug-free community grant funds from the CDC, and new ESD 101. Questions or topic ideas can be submitted on our website at spokaneprevention.com.